think I'm all in favor of it. I don't think a government should tell me what I can and cannot do. It's up to me to decide if I'm not harming anybody else. So marijuana specifically, I feel should be legal to the point of use. What I want is studies to show its effects, how long-term its effects are. Mm -hmm. Because what I have a problem with is if you smoke marijuana for 30 days, you're vulnerable to losing your job. But if studies were done to prove that marijuana didn't affect you more than 12 hours out. It's time now for something positive. We might be headed to the promised land of speaking the truth and finding our external liberty once we internally liberate ourselves. Problem can only be solved when there is a kind of coalition of conscience. Of conscience. Because conscience. that is how it works. This is the beginning. It is not the finale. And that's why we're here. And that's why we rally, 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 rally. We've got to be that creative minority. Creative minority. Creative minority. A way to get in the way. I got in trouble. It was good trouble. It was necessary trouble. Frankly, I know we've got to do something. Hey, did you hear that? Welcome to another episode. No, I don't think people hear that. Hey, Jeffrey, what's going on? Oh, you know, uh, <laughs> a, a partly sunny day after getting just absolutely hammered with rain here in the Northwest. Mm, hammered. Like, so... Um, Apocalyptic. We got, we, we got almost two inches of rain here in Olympia, which... Wow. Overnight. That's, that's, that's a lot of rain. Is it too much for your infrastructure to handle? No. No. Okay. That's good. That's good. That's good. So my neighbors with their massive amount of leaves need to keep their drains cleaned. Mm. Okay. <laughs> but I think, you know, sometimes like people don't understand, <laughs> like, like it's this weird, it's this weird kind of disconnect between what's the city's job and what's your job. Uh-huh. And, and honestly, like some of it is like, Dude, it literally take you like a minute if you grab a rake and go clean that fucking drain off, and that thing will drain on its own just fine. Right, exactly. It's like you know that happened where I was like, I was like uh, running, I was coming in late to work, and uh, I stopped because like right at this, right at this intersection where a bunch of kids walked to go to school, <clears throat> this right. drain had just completely plugged up with leaves, and there was a bunch of water kind of starting to get over the roadway, which having had kids walk to school and then get hosed by some dickhead who's like, I'm going to oh, hit a puddle yeah. and there's kids near it. Yep. Yeah. You know? So I just, so I just get out and, you know, bare hand, get these leaves <laughs> off the drain and this thing just drains just fine. So it's like, you know, there's, there's a little bit to be said about, it's like, yeah, at some point the city's got to do some stuff in order to right you know, keep their own stuff but that's kind of one of those ones where it's like dude that's on you i mean you're right yeah. there you see it's a problem you can you can take care of it right now some some drain grates are sponsored now by democrats other by republicans so it depends now on which ones you clear and which ones you don't which color hat you're wearing it's really difficult to know which drains to uncover now 
in this political climate you know we could just we could just drown them both and <laughs> in, in in the same drain and just not care but you know what am i right. it's just community right that's uh seriously it's like you know i don't want some parent walking their kids get hosed mm-hmm. like i did one time with the kids right and you know that's just a shitty way to start your day meanwhile me taking 30 seconds to pull a bunch of leaves off the grate so that way it could actually drain properly mm-hmm. it's not a big thing to do like Right. There's some things you can do as a member of your community to just make sure somebody else doesn't have a bad day. My roommate asked me, he's like, how do we get money from this infrastructure bill? And I said, well, oh, that's super easy. Go buy a pickup truck, a few bags of asphalt, and go put a contract in in your county to go fill potholes. And he's like, what? I was like, that's it. That's it. You got a new company, right? Just right. Just go fill potholes in your community and tell them you're going to do it for this amount of money. And if they say yes, go do it. <laughs> right. Like Seriously, like, you know, um, to me, like, I wonder, you know, like, I, I understand, like, when it comes to, like, building actual roadways, you're, you're definitely going to need to, you know, have some people mm-hmm. who have some experience. But when it comes to patching potholes, I mean, you literally pick up truck, uh, shovel, yeah. um, a tamper tool you know, which is really just, you know, big flat object, you know, That's on the right. top of a heavy, po- you know, uh, post pounder. And then, you know, you just go out there with a, it depends on the asphalt too. Mm-hmm. And then the, and the roadway, you, of course. Right. For and the roadway, but, but also too, it's like, you know, it's, cause in the end, when you patch it, you still have to seal around the edges with tar sure. and you'll want, and so you'll want to have some heat on that. It, but really it's, it's a pickup truck and maybe a one or two person job. And literally mm-hmm. you could have, you could have someone just like set up a little tip for them. It's like, Hey, who around here has got potholes that are fucking up their vehicles. But, right. Imagine getting sponsored to create a tip <laughs> forum for people that want to fill potholes and then people that want to tar pat potholes and then people that want to drive around like Uber drivers and maybe get a dollar per tip for re- reporting potholes, you know? Yeah. You know, I'm, there are definitely ways out there where it's like, you know, mm-hmm. we've got this, we've got this lovely connect between modern technology and people who are, you know, who have been fed up with their job and they're like, you know what, maybe I just want to do something different. Yeah. You know what? And, and great. You know what, if there's some redneck out there that wants to take his old truck and <laughs> throw a couple of tools in the back and, you know, grab, grab some uh, bags of coal patch asphalt and go take care of this shit. I mean, great. I can yeah. pay him to go do it. Who cares? Again, depending on the roadway. <laughs> I keep thinking of Adam saying, you're to send citizens into the middle of a street. <laughs> but like, you know, yeah. I wouldn't, you know, there, we all know which ones are the busy intersections that are definitely mm-hmm. going to need to be, you know, you're going to need somebody to yeah. go out there and flag it and all that. But like in my community where I've got like, you know, all I've got is just like pretty much a little partial two way street. That's, it's not, you know, in my cul-de-sac and in my little drive, you could have people go around fixing little potholes like that. Something where it's like, there's not Mm -hmm. a lot of traffic. So the city doesn't necessarily have a whole lot of, you know, will to go fix some of that stuff unless somebody fucks up their vehicle. Mm -hmm. But fucking up somebody's vehicle shouldn't be the catalyst for "Eh, maybe I should go do something. You know, there's, there's probably plenty of older developments out there that have potholes in their, in their cul-de-sacs and on their little yeah. drives and, you know, yeah. where literally, 
How many inner city communities just could use a patch even in the sidewalks? You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. You know, have someone go out there and, you know, patch sidewalks and shit like that. And it's, Mm -hmm. you know, something that truck and a power washer, you could make money in the city. I would think I would hope, right? (laughs) Yeah, pickup truck and you know, a pickup truck that's got a tank of water in it and a couple mm-hmm. bags of quickcrete and you could you could definitely go out and fix some hazardous sidewalks you know at some yeah. point yeah you're gonna have to address the whole you know what's causing the sidewalk to break if there is anything causing it like mm-hmm. you know everybody loves to plant trees next to sidewalks trees fuck up sidewalks <laughs> i mean it's kind of things like i get it we need more space but at the same time this is like piss poor planning right the tree's gonna get big tree's going to grow root and those roots are going to fuck up that sidewalk. How about raise the sidewalk up above the dirt? So the, you know, well, anyway, wow. I love the the places we go to. So you're having a lot of rain, huh? Yeah, we had a lot of rain. Um, a lot, like we're up about seven inches or something like that. Wow. So it's, it's, it's been coming down here cause we've gotten a whole bunch of atmosphere extremes hmm. and then whatever the hell last, you know, last couple of days was. <laughs> Well, you're known you know. for rain, so nobody's taking real pity on you. It's like if I no, cry, no, no. if I cry hurricane in Florida, people are like, "Yeah, we know." <laughs> exactly, but it's one of those things where it's like, you mm-hmm. know, it's it's above average for us. So, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, that's right one before. that's one side of the United States, right? And uh, right as far as climate. But did you have a tornado rip through 250 miles of uh, 200 of which were in your state? yesterday shit no you know and that's the thing is it's like you know having tornadoes and having seen you know seen some of them up close Uh personal like that's one of those situations where holy shit like you know most people don't realize tornadoes on the ground most of the time for you know anywhere from a half a mile to maybe five miles it's not really a whole lot right and they skip a lot and they they can skip a lot um but that's that's a that's a fucking powerful storm like if that's yeah. not an ef5 i don't know what would be i think they called it a three but i don't know they they might be reevaluating so that one it for used sure. to, so you so so again, it's based on with, destruction right it's based well, on the destruction it caused the, the the fujita scale was the enhanced fujita scale has um some other things that go along with it but yeah it used to be that an f5 uh just a regular old f5 was based on how much destruction it caused in which case this would have been an f5 i mean that you know was it may kentucky's fucking like that's 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 scary like when because i've seen so i've seen tornadoes up close and i've seen what they can do to a house and they can fairly efficiently relocate it given the right size but Mm -hmm. To have one go 250 miles and level a fucking town, like, yeah. right. What was it? it mm, I what I loved about it was the response. It was total American response. By the time I woke up in the morning, there was a press conference, and you know the the guard was, had quadrants already set up to monitor. There was drones in the sky, police like citizens were helping citizens everybody was helping everybody other counties yep. other states i would and i just woke up and i was like that is horrific but thank you america for 
fucking being America. You know, it was just amazing. There have been times too, where we've had natural disasters here and people from other countries have shown up to come help. I know that we've yeah. had people from Mexico come help. We've had people from, mm-hmm. I want to say, uh, Spain, France, Germany, uh, some African countries, I believe have come to help, you know, or have offered to help. Uh, yeah. You know, the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, when you have these large scale destructive natural disasters and mm-hmm. you know you have such wide scale destruction, like having people come help you is, is a great experience. And, yeah. and, you know, especially like in the cleanup efforts, you know, it's going to take, it's going to take time uh, to get things rebuilt. Absolutely. But that mm-hmm. cleanup effort, that initial cleanup effort and just having that human contact with someone is just, it's, it's so mm-hmm. vitally important. We have a, we have an episode devoted to this and it is when you want to volunteer for a natural disaster and it's actually FEMA's, um, FEMA's video. It's the audio of the video of what you should do and not do when responding to a natural disaster. And that is so cool. So if you want to travel to a natural disaster, check out that episode so that you don't just run into a place you shouldn't be running into, but they need help. They need help. And so who you report to and what you're given, what task you're given, you know, depends on your status of knowing things. So if you listen to this early, when you get there, you might, you know, you might be a help. And I, right. Cause you're absolutely right. You know, what, what's coming next for Mayfield is, is going to show you America, the way it's rebuilt, the speed with which it's rebuilt. I think we're going to see something amazing if we all just pay attention to Mayfield for the next year or two. And one of the things that I definitely want to plug too is, is um, it, for those who might not know it or for those who uh, are looking for their opportunity, especially if you're a veteran, Check out Team Rubicon. I, I know that they're pretty widely known amongst uh, a lot of current serving, but uh, for those of you who may have been out for a while and, and you may not have kept up, Rubicon, they are a bunch of former military people who you know realize they've got a set of skills that they were taught and want to put them to good use. So they go into these natural disaster areas to, you know, help do things like secure supply lines, help get things moving, do rescues, things like that. That So that's awesome. Yeah. And then of course, you know, if you're looking for a place to charitably donate, obviously team Rubicon, they're always, they're Mm -hmm. always good. And I think that that's, I think that's a fantastic uh, place to put your money. Definitely. And there's a website Kentucky has that's going to go for people's, you know, what people's needs coming forward. So check out the Kentucky websites for that. There's yeah. a there's a lot of there's a lot of need. Imagine being homeless because of a tornado. But now imagine being homeless because of winter or homeless because before the holidays, in between what people consider holidays, you know, and then imagine it all in a pandemic. It's devastating. Yeah. So like Team Rubicon was out here when Washington had its big flooding um, because of these storms. So I imagine that Team Rubicon is going to be headed to Kentucky next, you know, and not already there if they're not already there. And to me, like that's it's awesome to see people realize, like, hey, I got a set of skills Mm -hmm. that I know I can use. And, you know, they built this organization from the ground up to help with humanitarian issues. You know, that's I think that's a great way to continue on your service. 
You know what's amazing about it, though, is the fact that nobody looked immediately to the federal government and said, where are you? It's like states, counties, people reacted instinctively, like without having to have the coordination that we always complain messes everything up, right? Everybody, mm-hmm. hands on deck. They all just showed up. There wasn't like, a, well, we had to wait for, you know, this. Nope, they were there. And I think that is so cool. So by the mm-hmm. time Andy Bashir was like, hey, Joe Biden, natural disaster, Biden was like, yeah, it's on the way already. It's in route, you know? That right. Was so cool to me. You know, and, and that's the thing is, is like, you know, probably one of the better things that they can do is just like, hey, we'll unlock funds that way we can, you know, send the funds to the state. They can pay these organizations to come in and do what they do best. And, you know, my hope is, is that, you know, states like Kentucky or they see team Rubicon and they go, yep, we're going to throw money at them because we're going to need the help. And they, they know what they're doing in dangerous situations. Right. The corruption always comes after, right. In the, I mean, in the permits and the in the contracts uh, and everything else that goes into rebuilding a community, yeah, that's oh, yeah. where people never pay attention to that after stuff, and that's where people have learned to be corrupt, you know, and mm-hmm. just in the midst of hysteria, people try and gain control. Which to me, it's that's one of those things where if you profiteer off of disasters like that Mm. not only is there a special place in hell for you but i'm pretty sure that there should be a law that royally fucks up your day oh yeah i just learned we just learned check out our twitter account at public uh public access pod we just found an attorney general that's been fight for texas um she's running for attorney general in texas rochelle i haven't learned much about her but she's running and she's fought like the republicans the whole way so hey check out our twitter for great endorsements on candidates in key positions that could um bring democracy back to life <laughs> so if yeah. i'm all pro de- democracy what i realized was communism doesn't seem fun in any way while democracy seems like the bud makes um bud mckenzie of the party so oh, yeah. i want i want democracy it's like the best version of freedom out there and we we need to improve it right I mean, that's, you know, one of the things that we've always said about American democracy is that it's an experiment and it really Mm -hmm. is. Yeah. It's cool though. You know, when you think about what democracy looks like, like, for example, you've got the UK, which is a parliamentarian style democracy. Right. So, you know, it looks very similar to ours, but it has, you know, some very key differences. Mm -hmm. Personally, I love looking at what the Irish democracy looks like. They hold where they constantly hold national referendums on large topics. I think that's fantastic. Direct democracy. That is awesome. You know, because there are some things where it's like, you know what, if the people decide something, you know, Mm -hmm. why, why is it, why is it that we're letting, you know, people that are sitting in these seats in, you know, their houses and, uh, and for example, house and Senate here, house of commons, house of Lords over there. And, right. you know, how do you, you know, how is it that you just let them decide what's best for you when the people should have their say? And I think that's fantastic. What, what the Irish have done with that, you know, and I think that there honestly should be a place for direct democracy here in the U S and I've heard people say, Oh, but then we're going to have multiple topics and blah, 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 blah. And I'm <laughs> like, you know what? Great. Let's get let's get some of these big topics out of the way so that way right. it gets codified into law and then from there, you know, mm-hmm. you, you you move on, you know. So for example, like some of the big issues that we're facing here in the United States with abortion and with um 
I would say uh, marijuana being another big one. Um, there's a, there's a lot of really, really big ones out yeah. there, but why, why not let the people directly choose what their response is going to be? Or have input in what the response is. Yes. Well, if it's going to affect us. Shouldn't you want to know how it's going to, how we would maybe feel about that and then take that into consideration along with other opinions, you know? So it seems like elites are talking to elites on either side of the table, but we're left out of it. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, is that, you know, whatever the back end work is to make marijuana legal, mm-hmm. you know, I fully expect the legislative branch to come up with what that looks like. But at the end of the day, it has to be legal if that's how the people vote. Mm. It still seems, yeah. Because totally. right now, because oh, right totally. now, I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. Because right now, it's just them hemming and hawing back and forth at each other and not getting anything done. Right. Maris, marijuana specifically, cannabis, cannabis, marijuana is a pejorative. Uh, <laughs> cannabis, um, I think I'm all in favor of it. I don't think a government should tell me what I can and cannot do. It's up to me to decide if I'm not harming anybody else. So marijuana specifically, I feel should be legal to the point of use. What I want is studies to show its effects, how long-term its effects are, mm-hmm. because what I have a problem with is if you smoke marijuana for 30 days, you're vulnerable to losing your job. But if studies were done to prove that marijuana didn't affect you more than 12 hours out, then we would have a better t- time frame for people with stressful jobs to de-stress. And that's mm-hmm. what I want because it might affect your motor functions for 30 days. We don't know. We don't have that study and that's what matters, right? But if we found mm-hmm. out it didn't affect your motor functions beyond four hours, well, that would change a lot of lives right there. So, well, and the other thing too is, is that I mean, we already have existing regulations in place with a lot of heavy equipment operation, and yep. for example, yep. taking painkillers, it would be no different. It falls under the same category. And and mm-hmm. you're right, you know, knowing what your maximum effective range is yep. will help you know towards enforcement of that. So, like we've already got, we've you know, this is another case of we've already got the laws on the books. It's just a matter of saying, yeah, marijuana falls under that. Right. Exactly. And then the studies should guide the uh, restrictions and, you know, freedoms. Like, what if we found out that heroin actually was, um, I don't know, a regenerative process that gave us youth forever? It's, Wouldn't it's we want to study that? <laughs> no, it, it, no, of course it isn't. But Well, as, I mean, there's... There's a lot of things that we want to study, but at the same time too, yeah. it's like we have this, we have this threshold of what is destructive to the person, <laughs> right? You know, and 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 in which case, like, there's a lot of things, like for example, heroin is just highly synthesized opium. We know what opium does, mm-hmm. and we know that you know opium has its limitations on the person, and so you, like, legitimately, if you smoke opium, you're never going to have an opium overdose there are chemicals within the plant that will knock you out before you ever overdose. Same with weed. You will, you will end up passing out and falling asleep before you ever overdose on anything. But the synthesized versions, heroin, um, other opioids, and then for example, Marinol. Yeah. You, you, fuck fentanyl. And what's those things? Capital. It's, I can't, it's from Syria. There's a new drug. It's an amphetamine. It's sweeping all over the world. Don't take it, but look it up. Capicrol or something. So beware of that. 
Mm. Yeah, like and that's one of those things. Like you know, I remember when you know as a kid and I was you know like ooh drugs and you know everything yeah. was like laced with fucking PCP and it was right. just absolutely ridiculous. Wiki it's like mm. you know it's like you know not my parents weed. I mean they had ditch weed, but you know it was uh-huh. laced with stuff. And now they're like lacing everything with fucking fentanyl and mm-hmm. you know it's which like which is why our marijuana is um, our cannabis is so so much more popular in Mexico than theirs, right? Because ours is uh, purified, guaranteed. Well, are highly highly regulated. Highly regulated. Mm. Oh yeah, the cannabis industry in Washington State, for example, is highly regulated. It's yeah. it's it's wild, but I think it's the right call because you know if I go to a shop and I get to see their menu of services and I pick out a certain experience, fentanyl is not part of that experience that I want. Right. And motherfucker, that's that shit will kill somebody. Like. You know, right. with a friend of mine who's a soldier and you know when you know what they have is have fentanyl lollipops five milligrams is enough to kill a person and their lollipops are like one or two milligrams i'm like yeah pretty much put you in a medically induced coma <laughs> uh-huh yeah it's kind of funny that regulation and in the cannabis industry versus deregulation of the gun industry shows two separate methods for political parties you know what i mean mm-hmm. regulation versus like what if we overregulated? the gun manufacturing process and deregulated the weed process, man, people would be messed up. (laughs) Right. You know, and, and the thing is, is like, there's a certain amount of regulation that's expected. And, and what most people don't realize is that even within the firearms industry, there already is a ton of regulation in how these products are made Mm -hmm. and, and the safety of them. We have a ton of, we have a ton of different uh, laws on the books regarding buying say things like, you know, machine guns, for example, like Mm -hmm. even here in Washington state going through a gun purchase right now, you know, where I'm going to have to go see a dealer. I'm going to have to do a background check with an F, you know, get my FFL information all filled out. Yeah. Even though, you know, number one, I've bought before number two, I'm, I'm a licensed carrier and, you know, number three, it's, you still have to go through this every single time. In which case it's like, great you know i think that that's something that should exist because the reality is is that you know as a law-abiding gun owner i don't have any plans on having to use my guns but i would like to be able to use them if i need to but also number two you know like in the case of i want to say this was it texas where they had that one guy who was in the air force who got kicked out for you know some domestic violence stuff should have been reported to the database uh, I want to say it was either national or state because uh, because he got kicked out of the Air Force and then he ended up killing his spouse and he should have been a prohibited possessor because of uh, his convictions in the Air Force. But because the systems didn't talk to each other, he ended up killing his spouse right, uh, or former spouse. And it was really fucked up. Like there are there are a lot of good laws in place. There's some places where things should be strengthened for example it's like i know that that's like it's probably unpopular but gun show buying loopholes exist and i don't think that you know if you're going to require a background check on somebody you need to have that background check regardless Hmm. i don't know it's all thoughts because um just studying it or analyzing it is um it's not allowed in government or the cdc nobody can really study it within the government you there was a I mean? very limited CDC study that was allowed to start, and I don't know what the what the process. Yeah, of it was. they talked about it just a couple years ago, though. 
Yep. So I don't know. I, and that was, I want to say that was something that was allowed during the Trump administration. So, but I'm not, not really... because of the Trump administration, but because of something else that happened. Uh, well, it happened after that, after that Las Vegas shooting in the NRA collapsed a little bit and mom's demand action actually demanded action that got somewhere and, you yeah, know, and divisible, so the... you know, so a lot of people got that far. But that's one of those things where, you know, as a, you know, as a gun owner, you know, we constantly hear from, you know, the gun owning, right? Oh, mm-hmm. it's mental illness. It's mental illness. It's mental illness. And from the left, you hear it's guns, it's guns, it's guns. And I'm like, uh, well, that's you it. know, let's study it. No, great. Yeah. Let's study it. Cause if it's a mental mm-hmm. illness issue, that means that the right doesn't have any more excuses for cutting funding on mental health. Let's you can't just... say, you can't say it's a mental health issue. And then have all of these tragedies happen back to back to back to back to back and then cut mental health funding. Right. No, I agree. Otherwise, because essentially what your actions are saying is, is that you're saying it's a mental health issue, but acknowledging it's a gun issue and that you're not going to do anything about it. Whereas if it is actually a mental health issue, then you have to put the funds and the money where the issue is. Because here's the thing is like, there are there are millions of gun owners out there that don't do fuck all with their guns other than take them out to the range or take them hunting. Mm-hmm. And there's an estimated 5 million guns just laying on couches around America too that kids have access to. Exactly. And and you know what? Like like we're seeing in Michigan where the parents are being charged for, you know, a, mm-hmm. a slew of things. I, you know, when you're negligent with a firearm, absolutely. You should be charged, you know, whether, whether your kid kills themselves, another kid that's in your house or takes it to school and kills kids. Like I don't, that's being negligent as a, as a gun owner. And of course you're responsible for that. You're responsible for that firearm. You're responsible for that. And we did call it the schools being, there's two separate lawsuits for a hundred million dollars for their negligence in the situation. So they have some responsibility. Apparently it's not enough to be criminal, which is, I think, fair. (laughs) I don't even know if these lawsuits are necessarily fair, but I think examination of the process needs to be, needs to happen. And I think studying the studying, studying everything is the way to get those answers. Not because the right or the left is wrong, but because we want to stop kids from dying and republicans prevent those studies and democrats have been pushing those studies for 40 50 years you know what i mean so it sucks i want more studies and like i said more republicans in office will mean more dead kids so that's where i land on that hey everybody my name is jason from public access america my name is adam from adam has a beard my name is corbin elliott and i am with the peace and purpose podcast and you can find any of our podcasts anywhere you find your favorite Brilliant, gentlemen. To me, more studies means that if you're going to make a claim, you know, you mm-hmm. have to you have to have data to back that up. Back you up. know, official does data. It, does does it make sense to me as somebody who studies numbers? Yeah, but mm-hmm. unfortunately, having it make sense and having it codified are two very different things. Right. And when you have something like that codified, you're going to be able to then address the issue with irrefutable proof. Because mm-hmm. what are you going to do if 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 That's the CDC came back and said, "No, it's a mental health issue. It's not a guns issue." Right. 
what are you going to do then? It's like, yeah, see, I knew that it was a mental health issue. And that's where I would have, you know, I know that there's going to be a bunch of people on the left that would be pissed about that. But then what that means is, is that, you know, now you actually have to push to get the funding to have more mental health available at, at schools for working parents. And also too, it's like, look, you know, what that also means is, is that, you know, parents are going to be responsible for taking care of their kids' mental health. And that means that if you have a kid who's struggling and you have firearms that aren't locked up and secured, you know, and, and that's one of those things where it's like, as a parent, you kind of have to weigh what your options are. You know, maybe one of the options is, is that there's, uh, I know that there are businesses out there where they offer gun storage that's offsite, you know, only I love you- that. Only you can get to it. Your stuff's locked up. You only you have the key. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic option if if that's what you need to do. I always thought and, like shooting ranges should be more like the gym. You go to your mm-hmm. locker, you get out your gun. It's safe there. You know what I mean? It's insured. There are some that are like that. Absolutely, uh-uh. there, just there for are the some. option, not mandatory. But I thought that right. would be a great idea. Absolutely, and I and I think that's 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 another thing where the gun community can mm-hmm. regulate itself before somebody else forces them to regulate, and and yeah. that's a unique option. And it's like I get it, you know that, you know, there's a bunch of guns that I have that you know aren't going to be great self defense weapons, but in the event of a mental health issue, guess mm-hmm. what? You know, if I needed to have my guns taken out of here to keep somebody safe. You know, I want to take them someplace where I can lock them up safely and, yeah. you know, make sure that nobody could get to them. And I think it would be neat if you walked the other way out, out of the gym with your gun, a scanner just registers it as out. And then we all know. And then the owner of the gun gets a notification saying, hey, your gun is out. And you can be like, yep, that's me or nope, that's not me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's definitely a possibility. And and it's neat. You know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, especially like if you're going to check all of your guns out and take them back home, mm-hmm. great, cool. It's like now the system, you know, their system does it's like, Hey, we're not liable. We're not responsible for this. Yep. You know, and, and you should want that to alleviate your responsibility. I mean, if your gun is in a, in a locker at somebody else's place, you're not responsible in any way, you know? And so that's really nice for, so for 95% of your existence, you don't have to worry about that responsibility, you know? Right. And that's the thing is, is that there, there's, there's all sorts of possibilities out there and there's all sorts of ways in which the gun community could can regulate and help its own mm-hmm. before somebody else decides to do something really fucking dumb. That's what I'm saying. Responsible <clears throat> gun owners need to highlight their innovations in gun ownership so that the government doesn't tell you what innovations you should adopt. Or in, and even you, you can even look at it from a perspective of how do you take that technology that maybe a, a, a range would have mm-hmm. and how do you integrate something like that in the home? So that way, you know, you only you have the key and only you possess the key and there's some metric of only you're able to get it now like i'm not talking like you know your standard gun save key which you could go on amazon and buy a a freaking standard key but like an actual badging process where it's like you know kind of like you know your home security system for example Uh it's like cool it's like hey i'm gonna get my gun out and i use whatever my badge you know my my badge or whatever scan code is in order to get you know open up my and you know i get a notification on my phone that says hey your gun safe has been opened yeah i like the uh gun gun thumbprint idea of 
making to, to arm a gun, you know, like it has to be your fingerprint, your DNA. I thought that was Go for exciting. the straight judge dread. Yeah. But I, I mean, Sean didn't like that idea, but I love the idea. My gun is so safe. Only I can use it. Like I would want that. If I had a gun, I would want that. That would be cool to me. And, and I mean, while I understand how cool that would be, number one, like mm-hmm. it's a very mechanical piece that would require a lot of electronics to be put on your firearm. Whatever. Um, it just, I mean, number one, that doesn't exist. Number two, then the question is reliability. And number three is, you know, then mm-hmm. you have a bunch of scenarios where, you know, what happens if, you know, I have somebody break into my house and I'm trying to get my fucking fingerprint to register, but I'm panicking because there's somebody in my fucking house. <laughs> That's true. I thought you know, it would there's, be more seamless than that as well. You know, there's there's a bunch of different ways that, you know, you can potentially do something like that. Like have the lock itself be able to uh, have the lock itself be able to, you know, be biometric or something like that. In theory, arm my gun. <laughs> I don't know what you're saying. Arm my gun. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's one of those things. Yeah. It's like, you know, you can have, you can have, you know, biometric lock boxes, for example, mm-hmm. and that's how you, you know, you quick, you know, hit the biometric on, on the side of the bed or something. And then it props open that, that slot that has your gun ready to go in it. I mean, there are ways that you can always do stuff, right? You know, there's there, you know, there's always a way that you can make something like this happen. Mm-hmm. Just don't see it as a restriction. See it as an innovation. I like it. I think well, innovation and, is awesome. Well, and especially like, especially like where you're looking at security, for example, it's like, mm-hmm. great. You know, it's like when you have a gun that you want to keep accessible because you, you know, might live in a place where, yeah. you know, you're concerned about the health and safety of your family members, mm-hmm. you know, you, st- you want to have accessibility, but at the same time, like if you've got small kids, you don't want it to be too accessible. But right. you also don't want it to be such a pain in the ass for yourself that, you know, you end up wasting precious time. There are ways mm-hmm. that this can be done. I think but the gym idea gives an option of exotic. So you can be a gun owner and keep your pistols and, you know, whatever your, your rifles at home, you know, but say you want that bazooka or an Uzi, you keep that in the locker. You know what I mean? And like, what if you could rent out from that gym, a bazooka or an Uzi? I think the the options of having this gun club regulate itself and keeping the guns there is a great idea for camaraderie community. I think that's so cool. Hey, can I use your AR? I want to try it. Yeah. yeah and that's, you know? and, and, or, you know, something where it's like, you know, somebody's looking to buy their own and you have, mm-hmm. a, you know, just a standard stock set of different weapons that somebody can go in and try out. I mean, those, right. those, those kind of facilities do exist where it's like cool. they're part, they're part gun range, part gun sales. And so it's like, you know, Hey, I'm looking for something that's going to be easy on the wrists or, Hey, I'm looking for something that slaps hard, you know, Why? you know, those, those do exist, but at the end of the day, you know, making sure that you have whatever safety you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, and I think that that's where it, you know, there's a unique opportunity there for the gun industry, just in making firearms, but making uh, safety uh, items for firearms that, you know, does a, goes a long way to help the gun community protect itself. I, I mean, 
look at liquor. Not every liquor is 500 proof, right? Like <laughs> they, they, they limit the proof so you can have an entertaining time without well, being dangerous. 200 proof, you'll go fucking blind. Well, right. And 120 proof is like a badass, you know, alcohol. And some of them are like 0.5% because you just want the flavor. It's, right. it's, it's gauged on your, you know, enjoyment versus the danger of it and i think that's you know anything should be that way too cars are the same way right some cars are built for demolition derbies while others aren't built like that <laughs> right so i don't know that's cool shit so i heard something that made me upset but maybe mm. you can ah it doesn't really matter it's not that let's big see donald trump said that if he is if he doesn't run again in 2024 his supporters are going to get angry and my question i guess after seeing what i've seen over the past five years is where do you go from where we are to what's defined by them as anger because i've seen some horrible things you know <laughs> right <laughs> I honestly, like, I think the best thing that will ever happen for the Republican party is when Donald Trump passes away or his, his hold, his hold over the Republican party right now. And you're just watching this, this stranglehold where people who, who consider themselves allies, if they say Mm -hmm. one thing wrong, that's not in lockstep with Donald Trump, they get fucking ostracized from the community. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and it's so weird. It's so fucking bizarre. Look at Georgia. There's a, um, there's in a Republican side, there's a guy that stole the election from Stacey Abrams running against a guy that says the last election was stolen so that they can steal the next one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. Right. It's, it's bizarre. It's 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 it, unfortunately the republican party is in this weird cult like state right now and it's just mm-hmm. it's not a good look and don't get me wrong this is not my endorsement of the democrats because the stupid shit that they're pulling right now is just something miraculous too oh sure but they're but, trying as opposed to actively trying to harm me that's the difference uh, i mean we'll go with they're not trying to hurt you i think that's about the best that we can give them one's ignoring me one's ignoring me as a disabled person one person one party's ignoring me the other one's actively attacking me so yeah i I think that's pretty much about the best way to sum it up Mm -hmm. you know it's it's you know it's it's still royally fucked at this point and that's really unfortunate it's not an equivalency one is attacking one's attacking me i can i can reform the one that's ignoring me if the one that's attacking me carries its weight (laughs) and stops attacking me so it's you know and that's the thing is is like even even still like you have people like you know liz cheney and adam kinzinger just get packed constantly because they don't agree with donald trump but when you look at how they vote on conservative policies they vote on conservative policies for conservative policies like 99 percent of the time so it's like like really your problem with them is that they don't like trump right liz cheney didn't vote for the infrastructure deal nope nope cheney didn't and i'm pretty sure kinzinger didn't i don't I don't, I don't remember if he did. I know that some, I know that, uh, I know that there's a number of people that have, ha, that did vote for the infrastructure deal, you know, mainly because like the Senate, um, you know, Mitch McConnell tried to get it. So that way he could get money into Kentucky. Like, mm-hmm. of course, get it. 
You should. Yeah. That's what the government is there for. Those representatives are there just to get money for the people they represent because the government takes so much. We're trying to recoup that. It's the return on investment that we have. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's and that's the way it should look. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, cool. You're gonna you're gonna take a bunch of money from the state of Kentucky. Well, how much of it can we get back to do that's different right. infrastructure projects? That's right. And Matt Gates didn't do that for Florida. He said, No, I don't want anything. Just don't give Pensacola new roads, don't give them new sewer lines, don't take care of that dump. Just uh, keep doing what you're doing because I'm happy to give nothing back to my district. And that's what a Republican is saying. And that's what bugs me. You know, and that's that weird cult personality. It's like, uh-huh. I don't get it at this point. It's like, look, you know, you can use you can use these projects, you know, this money from these projects to fund various sorts of things that your constituents Republican or Democrat absolutely exactly. need, exactly. you know, especially if you're going to claim yourself to be pro-business. Why wouldn't you want to have better infrastructure to make those businesses more competitive? Right. Not only not only just within the state, but you know, against other states as well. Why wouldn't you want to get the money back that your constituents invested in the government? You know, exactly. And and that's what it boils down to is uh-huh. that whatever this weird cult of personality is has long since has long since abandoned fiscal conservatism, like that's that's what's so weird about it to me is is that fiscal common sense like there's the like the conservative look at how laws are interpreted the conservative look at Mm -hmm. uh how you spend finances like it's just absolutely bizarre to me that this is even a thing yeah it's it's just so strange that you have the struggle uh, going on with whether or not you can have money come into your state because the president's a Democrat. Right. Suffer for my politics. That's the Republican. It's so bizarre. And interpretation is out the window after Thursday, man. Like somebody said about the Texas abortion bill that the Supreme Court allowed, they're done gaslighting us. They're done with us. It's so, it's just so fucking weird. Yeah. That made me so mad. And that, that, and when I saw the thing in Kentucky and I saw the federal response, I was like, Joe Biden, could you just ask Kentucky to not take a woman's rights, <laughs> you know, in the agreement of we'll give you federal resources, but could you not take people's constitutional rights away, Kentucky, you know, I mean, and I got yelled at on Twitter for that. <laughs> I mean, John Roberts, John Roberts definitely laid it out very mm-hmm. clearly. Totally. And, and I think, you know, in terms of him being conservative member of the court, he, I think he does get it right. When I think of true judicial conservatives in the like, response to the decision, like, like it's clear that John Roberts does not like abortion, right. but it's also very clear to John Roberts that there is a rule of law that has to be upheld. And he right. made it very clear that if you're going to go willy nilly with this, the constitution is nothing but a mockery. Right. Because it's built on precedent, things that have come before things we can trust, but the yep. Supreme, but the Supreme court is never designed to overturn law. That's what the legislature is for. The Supreme Court is to interpret the words that have come before them, not to make right. a decision based on popular opinion. In which case, you know what? I This is where I think we need that direct democracy to codify what that law is going to be. 
Yes. And I want to say they're not ruling on popular opinion, but it was in no. their party, party opinion. I'm sorry. Party opinion. Popular opinion is 78%. They did, they got it wrong. And the Supreme Court confidence a poll is down at like 41%. People just don't even know why it exists anymore and why they should listen to it. And Texas says, hey, we don't have to, right? Yeah, Texas is thoroughly convinced that they don't have to, and mm-hmm. they keep getting slapped down time and time again. Except even with this by, latest law. Well, and that's the problem is is that I think it, in two ways, mm-hmm. this is it's going to be a very it's going to be a very defining ruling in one of two ways. It's the beginning either, of the end. It, it either could be the beginning of the end, or you have a conservative court that says, "Knock it the fuck off." Or you find a Congress and Senate that say these are laws now. Fuck you. Like if we could, if we had an amendment to the Constitution, which takes thirty-seven states, if we had law passed that guaranteed a woman's right, they couldn't interpret it differently because the law is the law. We haven't made a law. We've drafted a law, the Women's Rights Act, which is stuck in the Senate. But that's it's been fifty years. You could have codified this as law in the past fifty years. You know that's what bugs mm. me about this. And now, yeah, say say that I'm a newspaper writer, or say I'm a, I have an opinion, but Texas hears my opinion in their state and says, "Hey, freedom of speech is subjective here. We're gonna have somebody take you to court because of your opinion." You know, I'm screwed. You know what I mean? So it's a slippery slope on what you can have vigilantes justify, and that sucks. It's absolutely awful. Yeah. So I don't know. But anyway, so I mean, shitting in our capital, running buses off the road, threatening to kidnap and murder governors and vice presidents. Um, I don't know if you have heard the Ruby Taylor story. I mean, threatening, threatening school boards and, and election volunteers. What I'm wondering is what is angry to that to the right at this point, to Donald Trump, what goes beyond what he did? Because what I notice is Donald Trump does something deplorable in hopes that the the reaction will be equally as deplorable. So he can say, hey, guess what? Everyone's deplorable. See, I'm just the only honest one. The problem is in the past five years, nobody has reacted as deplorable as him. Everyone has taken the high ground and he hasn't gotten the reaction, which means he's just the dick at the party yelling at people, right? He's not getting a reaction. He's not in a debate. He's just an old man yelling at people to yell at people. They lost the thread on the goal of anger. Anger was to get a reaction. They're not getting the reaction. You know what I mean? So what is angrier to them? Are they just civilly going to go around shooting people randomly in the streets to, to show their anger? That's the only step up from where they are to where they could go which case i mean you know this is one of those things where i'm going to say look 2a is designed for every american and if you don't have any faith that people on the far right are going to maintain their cool well you have a mechanism that's meant to protect you so like unfortunately that's where we're at and people have to accept that it's not it's not the place that i anybody should want to be right but I mean, it, you know, some of them have made clear that, you know, they're willing to get violent and their party has been willing to accept that by and mm-hmm. large. They have to understand Donald Trump is entertainment. He's not actual fact. Like I wouldn't base my opinions on life after watching the Simpsons. 
right? And mm-hmm. I wouldn't base my opinions on watching Tucker Carlson, which is just a form of Homer Simpson, right? But you got to understand there's serious people making serious decisions based on facts and analytics, like uh, Dan, who's coming on. He bases mm-hmm. opinions on fact, not Donald Trump, who bases his opinions on the fiction in his head, right? Like, how do I get people angry about what? Toilets? low flow like where the fuck was he going in the pandemic with low flow showers and he just wants to get people angry and he's looking for any reason and that's what a tv show does that's not what a politician does public access america it's always funny because like especially because as you know libertarians we get a ton of shit even amongst other libertarians i think political philosophy is a lot like religion and where there's moments you have to go on faith and trust what somebody else is saying the main the main focus is it's like less dependence on the government because well we've seen how that's gone and you don't have to do that if you think about it in a human way you know more dependence on connections with each other you can always bring it back to what would one human do for another what would a hundred do for a hundred people looking out for people find public access america anywhere you find your favorite podcast every sunday and thursday and join the chat on youtube at public access america every sunday noon eastern 9 a.m pacific communities looking out for community public access america history in the making, making history in the making, in the making, in the making, in the making, Which is really funny considering there's like a bunch of emails between him and Hunter Biden trying to get Tucker's kid into a college. And then, and then the fact that Tucker was like the biggest fucking snowflake when he was out in Montana and, and that, and that one fucking dude was just like, you're the worst fucking person ever on this planet and the division <laughs> that you're causing. And he would just like buckled like a little, like a little bitch. And, and, you know, yeah. that's, you know, people like Tucker Carlson are getting paid to do exactly what they're doing uh-huh. and they're fucking spineless. Yeah. They're so, mouthpiece. So so and, <laughs> and when it comes time for the rubber to meet the road. They, they don't got anything. They have no backbone. I've met stiffer jellyfish. It's all entertainment. It's not factual. It's not based on anything, you know, factual. It's entertainment. We could sit there and dispute fucking Bob's burgers for an hour, but that doesn't make it a reality because we both talk about it. Right. You know, meanwhile, it's like you could actually sit down and go, what is, you know, let's talk about what's going on in the community and how do we fucking fix this? Everybody's got right. problems in their community. And mm-hmm. guess what? L- listening to somebody be angry about a problem doesn't fix the fucking problem. Right. Right. You know, what actually fixes the problem going out in the fucking problem. That's like being angry that like, Oh, my car is burning oil. And then you're yeah. like, I'm going to talk about my car burning oil for a fucking hour <laughs> and then it doesn't actually do anything. Right. Go out and fucking fix your car. I have Same this with your community. This image like, in my head. You can be angry head. about it, but go out and fucking fix it. I have this image of my head of a guy running around pointing out fires and another guy chasing him. But the guy that's pointing out fires is finding more than the guy that can chase him can put out. And that's politics. That's Republicans and Democrats, you know, right, one exactly. is desperately trying to put the fires out. But we what we forget is the base thing is certain people want an improvement of the quality of life for everybody. And another subset doesn't, they want to lower the quality of life expectations for others. And that's the great struggle that we're in. Some one side is attempting to make equality something 
and the other side is saying lower your expectations and that's well, and, that's a real problem here and that's what i'm fighting i think and and there is there is a great problem with that because i will say that there is you know there's one side that you know yeah they're tempering expectations and i would even argue trying to actively lower yes. what that standard looks like mm-hmm. but on the other side too you have people they that claim that they're out for equality but they're out for more equality for themselves, not necessarily that they're looking for equality. You know, one of the things that people, Oh, I understand understand, that one way too well. Yeah. Right. You know, and one of the people, one of the things that people have to understand that there's a great difference between equality and opportunity and equality and outcome. And unfortunately, equality of outcome is never going to be a thing as much as we want it, as much as we want it to. Mm Mm-hmm. You can try and make that happen all you want, but I guarantee you you're going to fuck something up in the process. But the fact of the matter is, is that by making sure that everybody has the same opportunity, that's how you get, that's how you get to where you actually get closer to equality of outcome. Yeah, I totally agree. Sorry. I had something and I lost it because you were just so profound. (laughs) There's a, a, equality is a unification of all the camps and what i'm seeing now is just camp upon camp saying that's not my issue i don't care you Uh know and that's the but you know al sharpton said something really awesome and he said i want to thank everybody um what was it in the georgia outcome right and the Ahmaud Arbery case. The Ahmaud Arbery case. He said something really profound. He said, I want to thank you. White people, Asian people, disabled people, black people, we all stood together in common cause. He acknowledged that coalition. And you know that coalition right there can do anything because it's unified. Whereas the Absolutely. four of them aren't going to do anything. If black men are against black women's rights, that's an issue, right? If mm-hmm. white people are against disabled people's rights, that's a problem. If if we're all against uh, LGBT rights, that's a problem. But if we can all get unified and decide that we all get the same rights, you know, just as a base human, that's equality. That that solves all the problems. What's the problem in the Middle East? There's no equality. Get some equality. You know what I mean? But I don't know if equality is just a myth, if it's the original thing that we've been chasing so that we're subjugated under a larger <laughs> I think well, you know? I mean, it it all just depends on how you want to look at it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's two ways that we we try to look at things. There's the there's the uh, things were set up to be unequal and the system is functioning as intended, or there's the we need to strip everything back to create the actual equality that should exist. And and it's a combination. You know, you really have to think of it as a combination of both. There are certain things that you have to codify to say, no, you can't do that because there are people out there that try to make things unequal on purpose, period, end of story. Right. But at the same time too, there's a lot of things that were codified that you have to strip back because they were codified in order to make things unequal. Great. And so, and so in, if you don't look at it in terms of trying to find those disparities and what has been done that isn't working, it's why people it's why people are fucking losing their minds at the idea of critical race theory. And and you know, I've had this conversation with several people. It's like, well, how is it that CRT can be a thing? And it's like, 
okay, let's start with something basic you learned in history. Do you remember what the three-fifths compromise was? Yeah. The fact that three-fifths of a black person could only be counted? Yeah. Well, that's a racial law. Mm-hmm. And that is the basis, you know, one of the basis and starting points for critical race theory. The idea that you could create a law to create an inequality. Now, the, yeah. now it's not that we're saying that, it's not that people are saying that there are things that are so overt on the books that still exist. I'm sure that right. there are in some places. But it's finding what those legacies are mm-hmm. and getting them off the books I got one. in order to create equality. Because my buddy told me, he's like, I don't understand why voter id law is so so bad all the republicans think democrats are just against that and i said yeah so what would a voter id law uh voter id look like he said give them to everybody i said that's the problem because then the secretary of state says to get a voter id you need a social security number and a bank account and 20 other things that maybe a poor farmer doesn't have and that's the issue it's a means of repression in and of itself it's not an issue but how it's used is the problem i told him i said remember when they had the jelly bean count and they asked a black man to count how many jelly beans were in there and he said i couldn't count over 100 and that's why they put 150 in there that's the issue it's how it's used it's not the law itself and that's the study of that of every law in that manner is critical race theory in law schools like harvard and yale where they have so much time to think about this and in fact are what they get paid and pay to do <laughs> right it's like look you know it- any of us would want to know that if there's a law on the books that is specifically designed to take rights away from somebody, yes, like you, you should want those laws to be off the books, period, right. end of story. Or like, equally just, like you said, equally distributed. Exactly. And, and, you know, make sure that whatever, if there's a law that needs to be on the books, make sure that it is applied to yeah. everybody not right. to a specific group of people it's, you know when, there are some things you have to codify but like i said there's a lot of things that that were codified that have to get removed period mm-hmm. of the story right jaywalking everybody jaywalked when jaywalking was illegal but guess who the police picked for jaywalking crimes they picked the black people because it was a felony to jaywalk so they didn't pick the white people to brand with a felon but they wanted to take somebody's (laughs) rights away you can't vote if you're a felon they passed that good now let's create laws that we can make them felons for like jaywalking and in the south that's how it happens and you don't want to know about that you want to know about that we want everybody treated equally right we want bad mm-hmm. guys treated like bad guys, but good people to rise and accomplish things. Well, and that's like my, you know, my youngest, we were talking about marijuana laws and convictions and they were like, why, why mm-hmm. were these laws put into place? It doesn't make any sense when nobody's getting hurt. And I said, well, the point is, is that when you look back at the, the hippie revolution, you know, in the time of the sixties, and then you saw the rise of the black Panthers and things like that, right. marijuana was a big part of both communities. And so people were absolutely, you know, up in arms over hippies trying to change the system, which, you know, by now, most of the stuff that hippies were trying to change, we would consider, you know, very conservative. Right. And things were but still fighting right now, by the way. Some of them. Yeah. And the reality was, is that if you didn't want hippies voting, what could you do in order to keep hippies and black people from voting? Right. Hey, marijuana's a controlled substance and it's illegal to possess now. Yep. Oh, look at that. Now you have a felony on your record and you can't vote. Right. How do you, how do you eliminate a, a culture or a race's entire ability to vote 
you take what they do, you make it illegal and you bust them for it. And that's Uh how it happens. Right. Yep, exactly. And that's, you would want to know about that, but that doesn't mean that's different from teaching your kid that slavery was bad, right? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Like it it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be something that we have to teach that slavery was bad or, or what the fuck was it? opposing like an opposing viewpoint for slavery right texas the fuck is that shit texas said you couldn't address slavery unless you also address the yeah thank you for listening to public access america um sunday we're going to be back thursday right after this sorry dancer yeah to those who would tear the world down we will defeat you this is our moment this is our time to those who seek peace and security we support you Yes, we can. And to all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns as bright, tonight we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes not from the might of our arms or the scale of our wealth, but from the enduring power of our ideals, democracy, liberty, opportunity, and unyielding hope. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbow. Sunday live stream time, YouTube. I wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. On Twitter. Twitter. Apple Podcasts. Podcast, Stitcher, Stitcher Smart Radio, 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 Radio Public. And Spotify. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Public Access Public America. Access history, America. In history in the making. Making history in the making. In the making.